Hi, everyone. This is Jill Flaxington from the Road to Health podcast. Welcome to our latest episode. With the arrival of the COVID-19 pandemic, many Rhode Islanders have been safely isolating at home for months now. But what does this mean for the community nonprofit organizations that are providing critical support to Rhode Islanders in need? Today, we asked two of our very best experts on community service to discuss the changing face of philanthropy in the face of a pandemic. How can we pivot and get creative in our support of those who need us now more than ever? Joining me now are Megan Grady, the Executive Director of Meals on Wheels of Rhode Island, and Carolyn Belial, our Managing Director of Corporate Social Responsibility here at Blue Cross. Welcome to the podcast, Megan and Carolyn. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Happy to be here. Thanks, Jill. So, Megan, to start us off, I would love if you could please just give us a a quick history of what Meals on Wheels of Rhode Island is for those who might not know, and if you could share how you serve Rhode Islanders and maybe what's changed for you during the pandemic. Our mission is to meet the nutritional and other special needs of seniors to help them maintain their independence. We're best known for our home-delivered meal program that delivers a midday meal to seniors statewide each weekday um, that's also accompanied by a life-saving safety check and an opportunity for socialization. We're 50 years old here in Rhode Island. We actually celebrated our 50th anniversary in 2019, and we typically serve 1,200 home-delivered meals each weekday. We are so grateful, Meg, for the work that your organization does each and every day and each and every year. Blue Cross has been a longtime partner of Meals on Wheels of Rhode Island. And, you know, I know for us uh, here at Blue Cross, immediately when the pandemic struck, many of us were considering all the ways that we might be able to help, but be able to help in a way that felt safe both safe for us as volunteers, but as well safe for those we were aiming to help. I wonder if you can share a little bit uh, with us about the expanded reach your organization was really thrust into and all the ways you were able to enable interested volunteers who really came to the forefront. Well, Carolyn, that's a great question, um, and we very much have appreciated Blue Cross of Blue Shield of Rhode Island's um, support during this challenging time for Rhode Islanders, but especially seniors. So I mentioned that Meals on Wheels of Rhode Island serves 1,200 home-delivered meals each weekday. And it was in very early March that we kicked off our annual public awareness campaign called March for Meals that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island is a generous supporter of, um, actually one of our presenting sponsors. And so we were actually all together that Monday morning, and it was the day after Governor Raimondo held her first press conference about COVID-19 and what its impact could be here in Rhode Island. So right after we kicked off the public awareness campaign, some trusted members of our team and myself, um, you know, really locked ourselves in our conference room and did a pretty deep SWOT analysis where we considered our strengths and our opportunities as an organization, but also really talked through some of our weaknesses and our threats. Um, You know, we're really proud of the service that we deliver here in Rhode Island. We knew that we could potentially do more for our seniors and respond as a part of the pandemic. And so that was basically how we got started. Um, You know, we looked at ways that we could leverage our existing system. 
We were serving 1,200 meals a day and partnered with the Office of Healthy Aging in Rhode Island EMA to surge to as many as 4,000 meals a day. Um, that was huge for our organization because many seniors for the first time found themselves homebound or their caregivers really weren't able to support them in the ways that they traditionally were. Um, we, we also considered our weakness being that most of our volunteers were exactly the individuals that Governor Raimondo was encouraging to stay home, individuals over the age of 60. So we immediately put out a call for more volunteers, of which over 500 people responded, uh, many of whom were Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island employees. Um, you know, how we're doing our work differently these days, um, you know, we are so, so proud that we have been able to continue our meal delivery service without disruption and also surge to 4,000 meals a day. Um, but it looks a little different. We are practicing social distance at meal delivery, um, you know, where we might have even had a volunteer step over your threshold or, you know, sit down on your porch for a minute to chat. Um, you know, we can't do that to keep everybody safe. Frequent hand washing, use of hand sanitizer, masks, screening for symptoms. Um, you know, we've really done a lot to ensure that our volunteers and our seniors can remain safe. Um, just this week, we distributed over 15,000 masks statewide um, to help homebound seniors have access to masks, um, you know, because they don't necessarily get out as, um, you know, you or I would to pick up a mask at a, a local store or through a community connection. Um, so that's where you're finding us today. Our volunteers have really been delivery heroes, um, and we would not have been able to do this surge or to continue our meal service without them. It is really, I think, one of the more fascinating things to think about when any of us um, any of us talk about the pandemic. You know, at the very earliest stages of um, of the shutdown, of the lockdown, of the call for Rhode Islanders to really stay safe and stay in place in in March, you know, there's, I think, a sentiment that many things just stopped. And I think what I'm hearing so loud and clear from you is that you never stopped. You increased your services. You more than ever were positioning your organization in a place to be able to respond to the business as usual of Meals on Wheels of Rhode Island, but as well the increased capacity in this incredible time of need. And I, I just really think that's something to um, marvel over. And I also just I'm thinking about the creativity that we've all had to employ as we think about how we have to change our work processes and our approaches. All of the examples you just talked about in terms of how it might look a little different, we too are experiencing uh, that here at Blue Cross and particularly um, in our community service activities, knowing that our colleagues are so interested in maintaining the the level of support and help that they do typically, but needing to do so in a very different manner moving forward. There's been lots of changes, I think, uh, as we think about our philanthropy moving forward, um, some long-lasting implications, I think, thanks to COVID-19 that 
are are for the better. Ways we're able to be more flexible as a funder and as a volunteer provider. And so I'm sure you share that sentiment that some of the changes, some of the results of that deep SWOT analysis were for the best. Absolutely. And I think that when we look into the future as an organization, you know, there was a lot of need uncovered in COVID-19. I don't think that needs going away. And so as we look into quarter one of 2021, we're really thinking about not only how we maintain this response, but what we do to continue to meet the ever-growing need um, of our aging population here in Rhode Island. Tell me a little bit about Meals on Wheels uh, and the clients that you were serving before the pandemic and if at all that that has changed um, as a result with your expanded capacity. You touched upon caregivers and their difficulties in um, providing the same level of care that they, that, that they may have been able to previously, but is the, are the demographics of those you're serving changing in light of um, what we've all just experienced? When we think about the qualifications for our home-delivered meal program, there's really four basic requirements. First, the individual must be age 60 or older. The person must be unable to prepare nutritious meals due to a physical or a psychological limitation. They can't participate in another program. So if they're receiving a nutritious meal at an adult day or a dining program, you know, they can't then receive Meals on Wheels on that day as well. And then probably most importantly, the individual must be homebound and unable to leave their home independently. So, you know, I always tell people that if you think you know someone, whether it's a neighbor, a friend, a family member, maybe you yourself, and you think that you would benefit from Meals on Wheels, just give us a call. Um, you know, our number is on our website, rimeals.org, but it's 351-6700. And we have a whole team here that, um, you know, will screen you and better understand your need and your qualifications for Meals on Wheels. So that being said, in April and in May and in June, that is exactly what happened. We received as many as 100 calls a week, people inquiring about our services. And I think the result of that is that many people found themselves homebound for the first time. Many people found themselves, um, you know, food insecure for the first time. And I think that we all know what that feels like, right? To not be able to travel your usual places or to have difficulty getting to the grocery store, to not have everything you, you need when you get there. So our surge, what we really did was we served more seniors. Um, You know, the qualifications didn't really change. I think the method in which we served those seniors did. Um, We continued our 1,200 each day on our traditional Meals on Wheels program. And then we partnered with municipalities to deliver frozen meals throughout the state um, and really relied on local municipal volunteers and um, emergency and special needs resources resources in each community. I think the criticality of the services you provide as an organization are most often thought of when we think about meeting the nutritional needs, but you touched upon in your intro, the equally valuable um, importance to that social interaction, that well check, that uh, connectivity with someone uh, each and every day who can um, be mindful of a homebound older Rhode Islander's well-being and um, 
Can you talk a little bit more about that element of the programming you offer? Meals on Wheels is much more than a meal. It's also a life-saving safety check and an opportunity for socialization to address the loneliness and isolation that homebound seniors feel. So during the pandemic, there were seniors that told us, you know, without Meals on Wheels, I wouldn't have enough to eat right now. But there were also seniors that told us the Meals on Wheels delivery driver is the only person I'm seeing right now, and they're helping me, um, you know, stay safe in my home. And so I'll just spend an extra minute talking about that safety check because it, it really has saved Rhode Islanders' lives. Uh, It was two weeks ago in Pawtucket, one of our clients had fallen in her closet, she's wheelchair bound, and her life alert wasn't working. And so she actually stayed on the floor of her closet the entire night, and the next morning, um, you know, was dehydrated, and it was when the Meals on Wheels driver came to the door, he heard her calling for help and was able to intervene by dispatching EMS, um, and she truly credits him with saving her life. So, you know, it's really an incredible service. I mean, what I love people to do is consider volunteering with us. It's the best way to see our mission in action, um, and is truly a fulfilling and wonderful experience. And we second that notion very much. And I know that so many of our colleagues at Blue Cross have really stepped up to the call to volunteer, particularly in this pandemic response, but as well with our signature day of service, Blue Across Rhode Island, which we are heading right into uh, this month of September We are so grateful to you all, to your team in particular, Meg, for your willingness to partner with us on this day. It's our ninth day of service at Blue Cross, a beloved day amongst our employees and really an important demonstration of our commitment to all Rhode Islanders. In the changing uh, landscape of volunteerism brought on by the pandemic, we needed to get creative to ensure that we could still maintain this day in the way that we've grown to love. And we knew that we were going to need a virtual opportunity for our colleagues who were unable to leave their home uh, and volunteer in person like we typically do. So we are so grateful to the team, Meg, for Meals on Wheels being willing to be our virtual project partner this year. We're really excited to be creating some no-sew blankets that will be distributed to your home delivery clients Uh, And we hope that these blankets bring some joy and uh, some warm sentiments from all of us at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. So, Carolyn, you mentioned our annual day of service, Blue Cross Rhode Island. This is our ninth year, and it's looking very different this year than it has historically looked for our our statewide day of service. So can you actually give us kind of a little rundown of, of how philanthropy at Blue Cross has really drastically changed in the face of the pandemic? So, you know, I think that there are some obvious impacts to uh, particularly volunteering in a pandemic. I, you know, I'm not sure how much philanthropy as a whole has shifted in light of a pandemic. We feel as a funder at Blue Cross, we try to be really flexible, transparent, responsive, proactive when necessary, um, and above all else, really listening to the needs of our nonprofit partners who are doing the critical work that we are so interested in funding. So while that side of the work I don't think has changed, um, 
you know, we more than ever understand the criticality, the importance of necessary resources. I think the volunteerism piece of our uh, overall philanthropy program at Blue Cross, that's where we have seen the level of complexity that that's um, introduced when trying to volunteer in a pandemic. So, you know, Blue Across Rhode Island is a great example. Entering our ninth year, beloved day, we've been able to operate as a signature day of service, which looks like hundreds of Blue Cross employees boarding school buses the morning of Blue Across Rhode Island and fanning out across the state, literally from Woonsocket to Westerly to Warren and everywhere in between. It's uh, a day where we send large, large groups of colleagues out to volunteer and perform service projects most needed by our nonprofit partners. And we are so grateful to so many partners like Meals on Wheels of Rhode Island who've been willing to partner with us for this endeavor year over year. Since we started in 2012, our employees have generated 27,000 volunteer hours just in those eight preceding days of Blue Across Rhode Island. And the company to support those efforts has contributed nearly $400,000. We've been so lucky to work with almost 60 organizations across the state since we started. And this year, we're excited to partner with 15 different organizations. But like I said, it looks different. There will be masks, there will be much smaller groups. We will not be boarding buses. We will be getting ourselves to the projects independently, and we will be managing all the safety precautions uh, as governed by the CDC, as directed to us by our stellar Department of Health, uh, and really leaning into our particular host sites to make sure that we're meeting their specific needs as well. But here's the thing, one thing hasn't changed. Our employees are more committed than ever. We weren't really sure what sort of response we were going to get when we made the commitment to move forward with Blue Across Rhode Island. But I'll tell you, I have been so impressed. We have 500 colleagues who will be heading out on Friday, September 25th, doing all sorts of projects. Our largest effort, though, is our virtual project. We're so excited to be making hundreds of blankets that will soon be received at the offices of Meals on Wheels uh, and then swiftly distributed to, uh, to the folks that they are serving. So we're as excited as ever that Blue Across Rhode Island is upon us. We feel like we've navigated lots of uh, logistical challenges. We're relying upon the mail a lot more than we typically do for Blue Across Rhode Island, but we're excited and we're ready and we're going to do it in the safest way possible while still meeting the needs of our state. So I will say a huge thank you to, to you, Megan and Carolyn, both for joining us today. And if anyone is interested in getting more involved in volunteerism and supporting a great local organization, you can learn more about Meals on Wheels of Rhode Island at rimeals.org. You can also always connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Our handle here at Blue Cross is at BCBSRI. We'd be happy to share more information about any of the great organizations that we're supporting as part of Blue Cross Rhode Island and beyond. And also a huge thank you, as always, to our sound engineer, Mark Sheldon, without whom we would not have a podcast. So thank you, everyone. Stay healthy, and we will see you next time.